feel like, no, but I can do something. I can do something that's going to make me look better. But this book that I was mentioning earlier uh, has this great quote in it that I want to read from Graham Tomlin. He says, The emergence of goodness in us is not a matter of strenuous moral exertion on our part, but of responding to the love of God who looked for us long before we ever looked for him and working together with the Holy Spirit who tirelessly works to bring some likeness of Jesus Christ out of us. Yeah, I, I just think this hits it right on the head. You know, sometimes, sometimes religion can give us this impression that we're capable of making ourselves worthy, or sometimes it can even make us think that we're responsible for making ourselves more worthy or righteous. And this isn't something that's, that's just new today. This has been going on for a long, long time. In fact, clear back in Jesus' day, He tells this great story. If we look in Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 9, then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers, I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. Does this guy sound familiar to you? I know I have experienced and met plenty of people in my life that I would say really emulate this attitude. Uh, And I'm sure most of you can as well. But here is the tougher question. Have you ever found yourself thinking this way? You ever thought, um, yeah, you know, I've, I've committed a lot of sin in my life. I've done some, some bad things. But man, at least I haven't done what that guy's done. Whew. Right? I, I, I know I've been caught up in that way of thinking plenty of times. Um, even what's funny is even when I, I first became a Christian, even after this this life that I'd led that was not God-honoring at all, I found myself getting into this judgmental uh, um, attitude towards, like, non-believers. And, man, it just, it's just so funny how the enemy creeps in that way and just tricks, tricks us into thinking that. So this is the danger of pride, okay? It puts us against those around us. It makes us compare ourselves to other people and then that just builds up these barriers builds up these walls between us it puts us on different levels from each other and that's not what God wants he doesn't want that for us so what's the opposite of pride then let's look at that the opposite of pride is humility being secure in our standing with God on the basis of Christ's goodness alone So it's not on our goodness, it's on the basis of Christ's goodness alone. See, humility, it's really having this more realistic picture of ourselves. It's it's understanding that I'm really nothing in comparison to who God is. And having this truer idea of ourselves helps to take a lot of that pride away. Because now, 
now we really can't put ourselves above each other anymore. We're all, we're all on that same level where it's on Christ's goodness alone that, that, we, that we're granted any of that righteousness. See, pride tell, uh, tells us that we um, can do things to make ourselves more worthy, to make ourselves more righteous. But really, when we understand that we're sinners incapable of living a righteous life on our own, we're able to lose a lot of that pride and accept this fact of this is where I really am in standing with God. See, it says this in Ephesians. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So none of us can boast about it. I mean, that's, that's important. That's powerful, isn't it? We're saved by grace, and there's nothing that we can do that makes us more or less deserving of that grace. We're all on the same level here. You know, before I knew the gospel, before I accepted Jesus, this was something that I really, really struggled with. I really felt like um, I had to make myself worthy of God's forgiveness. There were things that I had to do before that forgiveness could be granted to me, before that grace was given to me. And I don't know what's going on with the screen right now. Um, and that, that really became a hard thing uh, as I became an adult because I just, I just really struggled with more and more selfish, sinful behavior. And I came to the point where, honestly, I recognized that there was nothing that I could do to ever make up for all the horrible things that I'd done in my life. But I didn't know the Bible. I didn't really understand the true gospel. I didn't understand the gospel of grace. So let's read on in this story, okay? Uh, if we go on into verse 13, sorry about that. Verse 13, and we're going to read on in this story that Jesus is telling about the Pharisee and the tax collector. It says, but the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this is Jesus talking, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now let's kind of compare these two different ways that that these two different men are approaching God. Uh, let's look at the Pharisee. What's, what's he saying? He's saying, look how good I am. Look at all these good things that I've done. And look how bad that guy is over there. Thank goodness I'm not like that guy. Right? He's comparing himself, putting himself above the tax collector. But what is the tax collector doing? He's not even comparing himself to anybody at all. He's saying, man, I, I am a sinner um, he recognizes his sin. And why did Jesus say that he is justified before God, but not the Pharisee? It's because the tax collector, he knew he was lost. He knew he needed God. 
And what is the Pharisee saying? He's saying, I've got this. I'm checking off all these boxes. Man, look how good I am. What need does he even have for God? Right? See, the Pharisee seems to think he's got it. He's got it all handled. And that's why he wasn't justified before God. See, the tax collector, he understood his standing with God. He understood that he was a sinful man. He needed forgiveness. There was nothing that he could do to make up for the sin in his life. And he is all of us. We're all sinners. We've all racked up this debt of sin that we can't pay. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves right in God's eyes on our own. But that's why Jesus came. He came to rescue us from that. He came to lay his life down in our place, died the death that we all deserve to die. And he did that despite our rebelliousness, despite us, you know, constantly, uh, willfully going against what God's told us. He came to rescue us regardless of that fact because he loved us that much. And he knew the only way that we would be made right was if he came and lived the life that we couldn't. He came and lived that perfect life. And what it says in the Bible is that we're actually, we're granted his righteousness. When we go to stand before a just and holy God one day, we, we're going to know that we have fallen so short. But if we've accepted Jesus as our only salvation, we get his righteousness. He grants his righteousness to us, and that's what God's going to see. That is what the good news is. That's the good news that I never really understood before I, I came to faith. Um, and what we're going to see is if, if we've done this, if you've done this, um, or if you know people around you who have put their faith in Jesus, you've probably seen that he puts this new heart and this new life inside of us. And this, this new heart, new life, it, it affects everything around us. It doesn't just affect our faith lives. It ends up affecting our personal lives as well. It ends up affecting all of our relationships. They all benefit everybody around us. Because when we understand that everything isn't about us, we can respond so much better to our loved ones. And Jesus, he actually uh, taught us one of the best ways to overcome pride. The antidote to pride is not self-hatred, but self-sacrifice. It's looking outward to find someone to serve. Now, this is a really important point here because when we come face-to-face with our sinfulness, with our brokenness, we really shouldn't fall into self-hatred um, or wallowing in shame because God, He tells us that each one of us is valuable. He didn't, Jesus didn't come pay that price for, for nothing. He did that for all of us because we are valuable. In fact, if you think about it, if you're, if you're dwelling in, in self-hate and, and, and um, really just wallowing in shame, that's almost the same thing as pride. Because what you're saying is you're valuing, you're valuing your own opinion above God's. You're valuing what, what you think about yourself more than what God thinks about you. It's, it's like the flip side of the coin of pride. So self-hatred 
isn't the antidote, okay? But self-sacrifice, it is. And really, you'll find that there's, there's a reward um, if, if we really embrace this and we live this new life out. And that reward is going to be, it's going to be community and fellowship. Um, because when we humble ourselves, like I said, all of the relationships around us, they're all going to benefit. And this is really how we're called to live. We're not called to live for ourselves. We're called to live for others. And Jesus came down and made the, the best example possible of this. In fact, I want to look at one of the many, many examples he set. If we go look in the book of John, in chapter 13, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Jesus, God in the flesh, he had all authority. And he came and demonstrated uh, his willingness to serve. I mean, especially in this way, I don't know about you, but I am not a feet guy. Feet are disgusting. So uh, when I read this, I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be the lowliest thing that I can think to do. And that's, he's, probably, he's probably telling me that. Um, but Jesus, he was, he was teaching us how to overcome pride here. He was teaching his disciples, and he was teaching the rest of us. Uh, because what Jesus knew is that service is so, so crucial in our faith journey. And actually, I, I, don't know, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, my wife, Sharice, and I, we actually lead a recovery group at the Layton campus on Monday nights. Uh, and, and if you know the 12 steps, maybe you don't, they're, they're really powerful. They're all about surrendering your life to God and, and how to really live that out. But the 12th step, the last one, it's all about service. It's all about going out and finding somebody to serve. Because even they understood how important this was. That without service, without the self-sacrifice, that addicts especially were just going to get caught up in themselves again. Just, just all, all caught up again in themselves and their addiction and just get, get torn down that road again. So they understood how important service was. Jesus understood it, and it's important to all of us, not just addicts. It's important for us to serve because it helps us to overcome our pride. See, by taking the picture off of ourselves, we, we start to think about others more when we're, when we're not focused on our own desires and, and all the things that we want to do. It really helps us to stop thinking about ourselves so much. In fact, Timothy Keller, he, he gives this really great, great quote. Um, he he, he kind of tries to define humility. He says humility is not thinking of ourselves less, but it's thinking less of ourselves. And that's exactly what this point is that we're making, right? It's not about self-hatred. It's not about just wallowing in shame, but it's about service. It's about I'm not going to think about myself so much. I don't want to be consumed with my own selfishness. I want to, I want to serve. I want to 
find ways to stop being so consumed with myself. And Jesus, he was the ultimate example of this. And so, as you guys have seen, we've got these cards laid out today. Um, just, this is an opportunity. If, if you feel led, like you, there's something you need to do, um, you need some more service in your life, you need to find some way to get outside of yourself a little more, we have plenty of opportunities right here at our campus that you can do that. So if, if you want to fill out one of those cards, if you feel led, led to maybe volunteer in one of those areas, go ahead and fill that out, uh, put it in the giving box in the back, and we'll get you plugged into something. Uh, but but that's, that's something that you can do here, but really this should go beyond our church lives. This is something that really should affect our, our personal lives. We should take this out and, and in our personal lives, really start to think, how can I serve other people? How can I start thinking about others more than myself? Because it's really, really important that, that we don't get trapped with our own selfishness. It is a trap. It really is. And, and Jesus, he, he showed that. He demonstrated that for us. He demonstrated his whole life was about service. His whole life, he came down to minister to others, to love them, um, and that love, that took him all the way through the suffering that he went through, and it took him all the way to the cross for you and for me, that self-sacrifice that he demonstrated for us. So I really hope that, that this is something that will impact you guys, that, that you'll really think about. Um, and next week, we're going to be talking about greed. So I hope you guys will come back for that. Um, and, and this will be a really great series. But uh, before we get back to worship, would you guys pray with me? God, we, we uh, just thank you for the example of Jesus. Uh, he, he really demonstrated the way to not be so addicted to ourselves and so consumed with ourselves. He, he was God in the flesh. And yet he came down and, and served in some of the, what we would consider some of the lowliest ways. And he did that because he, he wanted to demonstrate to us how important service is, how important this, this self-sacrifice is to get us outside of ourselves, to think about ourselves in a more correct way, to really under, have a better understanding of where we are in our standing with you, God, that we, we all fall short. We all fall so far short um, that we can't put ourselves above each other. We really can't. And so, God, I just pray that, that uh, as we've gone through this message today, that those that have um, needed to hear something, uh, that they would let that sink in and, and that they would carry that into their daily life as they leave from here. I pray those that maybe haven't accepted you as their only salvation, that they would strongly consider that today to recognize that there is nothing that we can do to make ourselves more righteous in your eyes. But if we accept Jesus and the righteousness he offers, that you see his righteousness in us. And we can become one of the body of Christ. That's what your church is. We are your body. We're your hands and your feet. And God, I just pray 
for, for those who, who have accepted you, and, and maybe this is something that, that they've struggled with, something that um, they've got caught comparing themselves. I know that I have. I'm sure so many of us have. That this would be something that we would really consider, that we would come to this understanding that we, we can't put ourselves above each other because it's all on Christ's goodness. It's all his righteousness. And we thank you for that. We praise you for that. We just pray all these things today in Jesus' name. Amen.